0: We just heard Jesus praising his father. And while that may not seem particularly important or instructive or earth shattering, it really is if you read the entire 11th chapter of Matthew's Gospel and saw what Jesus endured. John the Baptist had been arrested and put into prison. He had no doubt about the outcome. Herod would never allow him to leave alive. And so John sent his disciples to Jesus with the question, are you he who is to come or shall we look for another? Now, there are some so-called scholars who suggest that John is having doubts about himself. He's having doubts about his ministry. He has doubts about Jesus. Oh, it's enough to make you want to vomit. That view does simply does not fit with either the man or his mission. The question John gave to his disciples to pose to Jesus was not for John's sake, but for his disciples. He had them ask the question so that they would listen to Jesus's answer, put it all together for themselves, and make the choice to leave John and follow Jesus. Why? To fulfill what John the Baptist said of himself, as recorded in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 31, he must increase, but I must decrease. Jesus knew that John, not only his cousin, but the first witness to his divine origin and identity, would soon be executed. That the voice of this last prophet, would be silenced I have no doubt that Jesus in his humanity our humanity experienced an interior sadness as his cousin's hour approached which only served to underscore and confirm that Jesus's hour the hour of the cross was also approaching then in the same chapter Both John and Jesus were rejected by the people. John was rejected because he was too severe. Not living like ordinary people. Not eating, not drinking. Jesus was rejected because he wasn't severe enough. He was living like ordinary people, eating and drinking. The people like us focused only on the externals in making their judgments, refusing to go to the substance of who each man was and what each had to say. Jesus must have been very frustrated by such a blanket lack of faith. Also in that chapter, Jesus rebuked the cities where he had performed miracles as signs of the coming of the kingdom. Why? The people refused to see that the miracles called them to repentance, to a conversion of heart, to a change in how they lived. Jesus tried to show them the path to life, but instead they chose to be like lemmings, intent on their march to self-destruction. This is always the risk divine mercy takes in respecting the absolute sovereignty of human free will. Jesus must have experienced intense disappointment. He must have experienced a sense that he failed. It is then within this context of failure, frustration, rejection, disappointments that we hear at that time jesus exclaimed i give praise to you father lord of heaven and earth how could jesus give praise under such circumstances because as god as one in being with the father Jesus, like his Father, sees beyond the appearances of things to what lies beyond the appearances. Now, this does not mean that Jesus just passively accepted whatever came down the road. Do you remember the scene in Luke's Gospel in the Garden of Gethsemane? That's Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 46. Jesus prayed to his Father, Father, If you are willing, remove this chalice from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And we are even told that an angel came to what? Strengthen him. Fully one with the Father in his divinity, Jesus is also fully one with us in our humanity. He allowed himself to experience in his humanity, and our humanity, what we all must. Pain, suffering, the darkness of death, the terror of the soul being wrenched from the body. His agony was so intense that the gospel tells us his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down upon the ground. Jesus experienced fully in his humanity, our humanity, the impending loss of his cousin, the forerunner, the rejection of the people, the hardness of their hearts, despite everything he said and did for them. And yet despite all these setbacks, these failures, these disappointments, he gave praise to his father, When you and I are experiencing tough times, now I'm not talking little upsets, I am talking those intensely difficult moments. Whatever the nature, whatever the cause, is praising God the first thing that comes to your mind? It's not the first thing that comes to my mind, but I have to make it so. Being successful is wonderful. Who doesn't want to be successful whatever one's vocation happens to be? But being successful is not what matters. It's a hard concept for us moderns to grasp. What matters is being faithful in doing what one's vocation, whatever it is, calls one to do no matter what the responses of others may or may not be. Praising God, thanking him, especially in the struggles, the failures, the disappointments, in the fatigue and exhaustion is absolutely essential. Why? It grounds us in a critical truth so easily lost or overshadowed by our experience of rejection and failure and disappointment. It is not what we do but who we are that is most important to God and that what we do should flow from who we are, no matter what the responses of others. Jesus praised his father precisely because he knew he was, always had been, always will be the father's son sharing a bond of love and intimacy, nothing could change. It is the truth of who Jesus is, the beloved son that empowered him to praise the father, despite all the horrible setbacks he experienced. And this is what he wants to teach us. Through Jesus, through one's relationship with him, you and I, are adopted sons and daughters of his Father, who, through Jesus, we can now call what? Our Father. Perhaps we are so used to calling God our Father, we've lost or forgotten the immense power that lies within that word. It is, then, being sons and daughters of the Father, that constitutes who we are, that no power in this universe can change except one, your free will, my free will. Jesus is teaching us that praising God even in the failures, the disappointments, the rejections, grounds us in the reality of our true identity, brothers and sisters of the Lord, sons and daughters of his Father, our Father. And from that reality, we can and we must do whatever our vocation in life calls us to do, regardless of what others think or how they respond, whether we are successful or not. It is who we are, not what we do that matters most. Our successes or our failures do not define us. Rather, it is our status as sons and daughters of the Father that defines us. Praising the Father then is always appropriate no matter what situation we may find ourselves in,